You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. I'm your host, Timothy. I am sitting here with my co-host, Allison. And how are you tonight, Allison? I'm sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> we both took pre-podcast naps. I don't, I don't know so if that's like a good a... thing or not. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Daniel, who has some pretty neat stories about this kind of haunted garage that he and his friend spent time in in high school. Part of that story is this like possessed coyote mount, which seems pretty creepy. Oh, like a taxidermy thing? Yeah. And then he saw blue entities in the woods and a story of a little person and some owl strangeness as well. This coming Saturday, May 7th, I will be attending Free Comic Book Day as part of the Riverbend Comics crew. And that's going to be at Comic Store West in York. That's 2111 Industrial Highway in York, Pennsylvania. I'll be signing my books and copies of my variant cover for Department of Truth number 15. You can stop out and say hi to me and John from Riverbend. And speaking of Riverbend, they now carry the Witch Cloud. They have both versions. So Riverbend Comics will be the only place you can get the book with the download, other than directly from us. You can get it from our Bandcamp. You can get it from our Etsy shop. But now you can get either the book by itself or the book and the download from Riverbend Comics as well. You can find them at riverbendcomics.com. Let's go ahead and hear Daniel's stories. Tonight we're talking with Daniel, who has 
a few stories to share with us, including uh, some pretty interesting kind of high strangeness stuff and a story about some blue entities that I'm very excited to hear. How are you doing tonight, Daniel? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. To get started with this strange stuff, at what point in your life did this stuff start? Most of the stuff is kind of like a flap, if you will, kind of focused around my junior and senior year of high school, which was like a tumultuous time in my life. So, of course, that kind of like goes along with paranormal type stuff. But it, it tends to, yeah. Other than that, I don't, I don't think I had anything other than before that. I have some like dreams from when I was a kid that said that like they got encoded as like memories like waking up in the middle of the night and like toys flying around the room and I'm positive those are dreams but for the longest time they were like my brain categorized them as memories and not dreams so that's that interesting from but yeah so, you know so what changed always, what changed that made you think that like they were dreams then just out of curiosity I guess nothing other than the fact that nothing you know that has never happened since then Mm -hmm. any sort of you know and it seems like something that would happen in a dream but no i they they yeah i thought they were memories for a long time and they very well could be i guess there was no i have no reason to think that they weren't memories other than that was the only time that that had ever happened Mm -hmm. well that's an interesting detail i mean you know who knows i can't say either and i'm sort of asking for myself too because i have some of these things that i go back and forth on you know was was that it was i awake really or was that some kind of dream you know yeah yeah or like was that dream just a dream or was it exactly not just a dream that's a that's one that i'm sure everybody kind of deals with so as as far as the stuff that started in high school not to out you on your age but about how many years ago are we talking about 10 10 plus and uh, roughly, and you can be as general as you want, just, you know, state or, or general region, just to give people an idea about where it was. Northeastern Oklahoma. Okay. It's right on the edge of the Ozark, Ozarks Mountains, which is mostly in Missouri and Arkansas, but we're on the edge of it. So it's like the nice part of Oklahoma, the interesting part anyway. Well, how'd it start? All right. I looked over my my email that I sent you. And the first thing that I talked about was I had a friend that he was a couple of years older and we ran around a lot and he was kind of one of my main buddies in high school. And he had this shop he had grown up there. And so his parents had like a mechanic shop and they traveled for work at this point in time. And the house had flooded a long time ago or not a long time ago, but whenever they were whenever he was a kid. And so nobody lived in it and he grew up in that house. And he always talked about like all sorts of weird stuff going on whenever he was a kid and that shop, we would go out and hang out at that shop and work on people's cars and just general high school hooligan type stuff. Mm -hmm. And the shop, it was just like, it was always like a super weird vibe and it was like two buildings And one of them had been a storefront or something at some point in time. So it had like two glass doors and the main, like the mechanic shop building had two bays and those bays opened up and you could see the glass doors on that building that were across. They weren't like super close, but you could like see in those doors. And that was always like come out of there at night and try not to look at the glass doors because 
people had seen stuff in them. I never saw anything in them per se, but there was just all sorts of like weird stuff. And he had had weird stories about stuff moving in there and the shop. You'd have to talk to him to get a really good understanding of all the bizarre stuff that happened at that shop. I can only speak for the stuff that I was there for. And like, you know, it kind of started out with like noises and like taps on stuff. And I remember one time specifically we pulled up to the front of it at night and his exhaust was like ticking in his truck, how they do whenever they're cooling off. Mm -hmm. And it just like kept going and kept going. And then it was like almost, it wasn't, it was more like rhythmic, I guess. And I remember walking over to the front of the truck. And by the time I got to the front of the truck, it was like, Oh, that's on the inside of the garage door. Oh, that's nice. That's unsettling. But oh wow, it was lots of stuff like that. Like tools wouldn't be where they were left or lights would be on that were turned off and just a general, like a vibe, but it wasn't super weird until they went and picked up a car from a friend of theirs that they knew from their, their work that they did. It was a late fifties, maybe early sixties Thunderbird. And they went and picked it up and the guy was like trying to sell stuff. And I think he was kind of needing money and he was giving them some stuff and selling them some stuff. And one of the things he gave them was this stuffed coyote. And it was like a coyote mount on a little thing. I mean, it was, and it was not super nice or anything, but it was like once that car got there and the coyote and all the other stuff. And I mean, it wasn't initially like the coyote, but it was like stuff was really weird. Like it like ramped up, like more stuff moving. And it was like, we would bring people out there and they would see stuff and like get totally wigged out. Like it was a, I don't know. It was just a vibe really. Did anyone ever describe what they saw? um, Yes. Basically a large shadow person. I never saw the shadow person. I feel like I got gypped because (laughs) I spent some of the most time there, but my friend, so my friend had seen the shadow person. He was a kid which complicates the whole coyote thing. But that was like the first weird thing that happened. He was, and this is his story, but I've heard him tell it. I'll just tell a tiny little piece of it. He was at home alone whenever they still lived there. And somebody knocked the door, and which was pretty normal because people would come out there to have his dad work on their car. And he went down and opened the door, and there was a large black shadow with red eyes. And he said it just like he looked at it and looked at him and then he shut the door and went back upstairs and hid until his parents got there. Wow. And I mean, yeah. And so there were several people that had come out there that saw the black shadow, like through those glass doors or inside. There was also, there was like French doors on the house that was connected, it was to the side of the shop. I and mean, if you went down we had like an area where we had a fire pit and if you went down to the, where the fire pit was, when you were walking back, you could see those French doors. And so that was like another place. Like, and I, maybe that's why I never saw it because I was always like, I'm just not even going to look there. Those doors don't even exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he and I would hear stuff and see stuff. And we were out there enough to where it was kind of normal. And we were kind of like almost brazen about it not like you know you can 
keep doing this or whatever, but just laissez-faire mm-hmm. that seemed to keep it mostly at bay. But whenever sometimes people would come and they would react and a lot of people left there terribly frightened. And so basically I remember the weird stuff started to happen more. I remember he opened the garage door and the coyote was there and I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like I just instantly, like all the hair on my body stood up like that, whatever that brought something back with it. Like no doubt about it. Like super bizarre. And then it was like his brother started hearing stuff and seeing stuff and his other brother did. And then, it, I don't know, more people that were less, because we were pretty into it, and it didn't really bother us. And so we almost probably egged it on to a certain point, like the stuff moving. And we would like, oh, yeah, you know, what did you move today, you know? And the funny thing is, I'm not really, I was like super into it then, and I'm like not now. <laughs> and nothing weird happens now, like, well, nothing quite like that. Mm-hmm. Some weird things happen now and then, but not like this. Like this is, it was ridiculous. Honestly, it got to the point to where so many people were having these like weird experiences out there that his brother took the coyote and burned it. Oh, and wow. then, yeah. I mean, it was, I'm not doing a very good job of really translating the amount of weird things, but stuff started moving for other people and like it was, it just got more intense and then the coyote got burned and it kind of settled it. I think his mom, his mom went out there and had a talk and they burned some sage and were like, you need to leave this place. You're not welcome here. And things kind of cooled down and then they ended up getting rid of the car too. And he says that there's still weird stuff going on at the shop, but there was like this period of time where it was like, it was like repeatable every mm-hmm. single time something weird would happen and we could bring anybody out there and they, it would like totally wig them out. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just a, it's interesting to have like repeatable noises and stuff moving. And that's the kind of stuff you see in movies yeah. or like hear about. Yeah. And it was very strange, but, the blue entity. And I said entity, I don't really know entity, but so that was with the same guy. So him and two other guys, we went coyote hunting and it was night. And I was trying to remember, I'm pretty sure that it was legal to hunt coyotes at night. As long as you didn't use a spotlight. Anyway, I think it is in Pennsylvania here too. I think it cause is, it's, yeah. cause you know, you think spotlighting deer and that's a horrible thing. Right. They're like, right. yeah, that's not what we were doing. And so it was on my grandparents' property and you could come in from this dirt road and there was this pasture out in front of you and then it curved around to the right. And there was another pasture that was like, basically you could, one person could sit in this pasture and the next, the other two people could go up around the corner and you wouldn't have to worry about shooting each other essentially. Mm -hmm. So the, the one guy was like super terrified of coyotes and it's like, now it's like there's a coyote theme, but (laughs) there's no coyote, there's no coyote theme. Um, super, super scared of coyotes. Like would sit on the hood of his truck was a hundred percent sure that he was going to be murdered by coyotes, which is kind of preposterous. And so, 
we were like, all right, you guys stay here and we'll go up around the corner. There's a big tree in this field that we can sit under, you know, try to call some in. And so he and I go up, go around the corner and it was like, oh, it feels weird over here. And I don't know if we heard anything before, but we heard this like super loud, like bass, feel it in your chest, growl. And we were like, oh, that's not good. I don't know what makes a noise like that. And one of the other guys had like called us and he was like, we're hearing weird noises over here. And we were like, all right, well, we're going to sit here for a little bit longer and then we'll come back and then we can decide whether we're going to keep hunting or, you know, go home. And so he and I leaned up against this, it's this huge white oak tree that's in the middle of this field with like no other trees around it for a while. And I actually talked to him yesterday and was asking him about what he remembered from this specific thing. And he was like, oh, well, I remember the weirdest thing was whenever I saw the tree, I had this like super intense, like dread feeling, which I did not remember that. This was, he was like, I really did not want to go over there, but we did. Mm-hmm. And so I did not get that. And I didn't remember that. He, and he must not have told me. So we're sitting under the tree. And I remember we were like looking off into the woods because we heard that weird noise. So we were like, you know, in that like mode. And there was like this faint, almost indiscernible blue thing out in the woods. Like it was glowing. But it was like, was it really there? Did you really see it? But we both saw it. But it was just so dull, just almost indiscernible, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I kind of remember, like, maybe it was shaped kind of humanoid-ish. But it was just far enough away, just dull enough that it was probably putting any shape to it was wishful thinking, I guess. But we both saw it. We were, like, talking about it while we were out there, like, what is that? I don't know. It was just so hard to really make anything out of it that it was like, you know, whatever. And so whenever we were leaving from there, we were walking away from the tree. So I had a rifle and he had his pistol out because we were weird noises, growls, mm-hmm. you know, sure. yeah. there, there are indeed mountain lions around here. Not, you know, like most places where they're not super prevalent. It's like, well, there's not technically mountain lions, but there are. Right. There's kind of, I mean, there are some black bear, but we were thinking mountain lions. And so we were backing away from there and he had his pistol out. And this is the weirdest thing because I've experienced lots of weird noises and stuff moved. And I've seen some things, but this was like, I don't know. I know for a fact he saw it when I saw it. No doubt, because he had his pistol out and he was aiming it kind of vaguely towards the tree. And so we're probably 12 or 15 feet from the tree, kind of backing away from it. And I don't even know. It was like a blue, like a tail, maybe like the end of a tail, like it dipped out from behind or like a tiny little arm dipped out from behind the tree and then went back behind it. And I know that he saw something the exact moment I saw something because he jerked the pistol over to it. Mm. So that's like 100% 
no doubt, validation that whatever I just saw was at least visible in this corporeal realm, you know, to right. somebody else. And that wigged us out. Like, we're backing away. And I was like, what was that? It's like, I don't know. And we just kept backing up. And then we got around the corner and went back to the truck. And I don't remember if we drove over there. I mean, we stayed out late that night, but it was like, I don't know, amorphous blue thing was the blue thing at the tree similarly it was it similar appearance and color to the blue things you would see the other entities or whatever similar color like way more bright and like way closer way like this was like 10 15 feet away the thing that was in the trees was like so far away that it was like almost you know it was far enough away that it was like is that even there this was no doubt about it right and I don't want to say like bright, like it was bright, but it like it was like it was glowing, I guess. Yeah, it, I don't know if it's the similar to the lights I've seen at some of these places, but it's they're almost like self illuminating in a way. And it's yeah, like, like they don't cast light, but they have light, and it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to explain. Like there's a light shining, but it only shines on them, mm-hmm. basically, or yeah. into them, or, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it's coming from them, but it doesn't shine anything around them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's 100% how I would explain it. Yeah, and I know, too, the when you say, we, you know, it's kind of hard to... Like, it was there, but it was kind of faint, even though it was glowing. That's very, very similar to the lights we see at Site 7. It, and you literally have to let your eyes adjust, which seems silly. that you For something that's glowing, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Like, you would need to let your eyes adjust to see it, but that's the way it is i I don't know how else to explain it it just doesn't make any normal sense so it's hard to explain yeah yeah it really doesn't did this activity that was that was you know around this time of your life did it kind of taper off or did it come to just to just stop one day or well i i mean yeah kind of i mean i joined the marine corps and left and didn't come back for a period of time so it just kind of whenever i left it just kind of didn't follow me, I guess, or I quit paying attention to it, or I was too busy to go out and do anything that might involve that, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the stuff that I experienced, it was 100% like you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's what I tell people. Cause I've told people these stories and a lot of people, you know, they've never had any sort of thing that they consider to be like this happen. And I've got a handful of, pretty weird stories regardless of how poorly I, I i can explain the whole shop thing that happened it's it's because we were looking for it because we were open to it and we were out there like looking i mean his shop wasn't like that because we were looking but i feel like if you engage with whatever it is and regardless of whether you're like inviting just mocking it or whatever not necessarily mocking it, but I think that probably would definitely <laughs> garner activity if it yeah, was yeah, something I, real. I, I wouldn't recommend people. Yeah, mock. <laughs> that's that's yeah, definitely not. But you know, some people would. That's the thing. People sure. would come out there and be like, "Oh, yeah. nothing's going to scare us." Like, right. Well, okay, that's fine. It, it might not, but it probably will. And there's a bunch of people that in that time, that shop time period, they just stopped coming. Like. People would, you know, be like, oh, you know, it can't be that weird. And then 
people would not come anymore. I'm like, okay, so I'm okay. So we had another friend who was like the ultimate skeptic. He just thought we were nuts, mm-hmm. but he was our friend. And one time they were all out of town working and he was there organizing, kind of like cleaning the shop. I think he had been working in the, on a car. So he was listening to music. He had headphones on. He was like cleaning tools and organizing toolboxes. It was like nighttime. I'm trying to remember what got him to take his headphones off. I guess he heard a noise that was he heard over his headphones. And so for whatever reason, he took his headphones off. And then he said when he took his headphones off, he said it sounded like a car had hit the other building. Like this huge crashing noise. Mm-hmm. And so... He puts, you know, puts the, puts the tools down and he walked over to the open bay door and he's one of the people. He saw the shadow person standing in the glass doors and he said when he saw him or it, there was like some shelves on the wall next to the garage door that faced that way. And there was like distributors and just various carburetor parts and cans of like cleaner and stuff. And he said, he walked over there, saw the shadow person, and all the stuff on the shelves just shot across the room. Mm. And he left and left, like, left the lights on, left the bay doors open, like, just left. And I guess he called, called my other buddy and was like, I don't know what's going on at the shop, but, but I, this, 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 and this just happened. And I remember he was like, I told you that that stuff was going on. Right. I remember talking to him, the third guy. The guy who was a skeptic after that, he was like, there's some sort of, he had done some internet research and decided that it was this, this, and this that were out there. And, Cause they were the only types of things that could, anyway, he would turn from a skeptic to a expert <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah, but, there's, no, there's nothing that'll make a, a believer like encountering this stuff. Oh man. Especially something like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's serious. And uh, I'm assuming that, you know, you can find no damage to the other building. Just heard a big crash. No, and, no it was yeah. just a huge crash noise. And mm-hmm. of course there was, yeah, nothing wrong with it. And I'm pretty sure the coyote would, was, that's when the coyote was there. And it was, so it was in that other building. Mm-hmm. And, oh, his brother, once his, his other family members started getting, like started hearing stuff and seeing stuff. His brother kind of got interested in it. I remember we set his phone up in that other building on audio record for like 30 minutes or something. And there was like this rhythmic knocking noise. It got a bunch of noises, but it was this rhythmic knocking noise. And we went out there and I remember slapping on stuff, hitting stuff, trying to figure out what out there made that noise. And it was the sheetrock walls. So it sounded like someone was walking on them. That's what it was like. And it was like the only thing that made that, like the noise that matched it was the sheetrock wall. So, right. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've got some pictures of that coyote. We got two pictures of that coyote on my old laptop. And I was trying to figure out a good way to transfer them off to send to you. But one of them has got a big old giant orb in it. Oh, wow. And, and so there's two pictures just right after one, right after another. The one 
And this one freaks me out more because of the precedence of the shadow person. The one, the background, because it's like a doorway behind it. The background looks like really dark, like there's something dark standing behind it. And then the other one is huge, white, like giant, long orb in it. I will find those and find a way to get those too. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see them. Absolutely unsettling. So you said you talked to him. He's, he's still having stuff happen on this property. Yeah. Yeah. He said it's, it's kind of hit or miss as far as the intensity, but he said there's definitely, definitely still something going on. Well, he got a picture. He got a picture not very long ago of, uh, I, dare I say Bigfoot type entity. And it's like the, so it's, it's kind of dark. I can probably find that one and email it to you after this. I don't know exactly where it is. It's in my phone somewhere, but it's a real weird looking thing in it. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. Real blocky, real wide, super wide head. This was taken outside of the, on that property or inside the building? Outside, outside, Mm -hmm. outside. This was recent. This was in the last year or two. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not be surprised if there's some of that around there too. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the the more that I listen to your podcasts, it kind of everything kind of connects together. It's like, oh, you know, you grow up and you think Bigfoot is like an ape, and then it just it just can't be. At least not the ones that are everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just there's just not a breeding population of giant ape creatures that lives around here anyway yeah that's what that's what i base my you know i came to the same conclusion just looking at the number of reports i get and i I believe these people they're they're very scared some of them very very affected very emotional you know even my wife they experienced something yeah even that's the thing even my wife the skeptic and formerly you know way more skeptical than now i'd say but even she you know some of these people come up to me at events and stuff and she'll hear him talking even she's like whoa you know that guy saw something so they're seeing something, but yeah, I mean, there's no, there's the breeding population would leave a mark, you know, on the land. I mean, it would have to. Yeah, it would have to. And it's like you hear people say, like, "Oh, well, how many, how many bear skeletons have you found? How many bobcat skeletons have you found?" It's like, well, yeah, but they, they would look like human bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. And I mean, the food that they would require—it's just yeah, that's the big thing. Like if if you. So, you know, you've been hunting, you know <laughs> what it takes to oh, yeah. to kill your own food. And, you know, they're doing it without weapons and well, yeah. pre- presumably without fire. I mean, come on. This is. And yeah, yeah, we can we can preserve things and cook things. And right. Make it last a long time. That's if if they're just a. Yeah, they, they wouldn't have that ability unless yeah. they were some advanced something or other and yeah it just doesn't make sense to me it's yeah. it's got to be something way way more woo than that yeah e- either that or there it's just it's some kind of animal that has so many advantages that it, it might as well be paranormal because nothing oh, else, yeah i mean nothing yeah. else works like that yeah exactly exactly i had a friend that was that was like he had come up with the theory he was like i think that and i think this might have been this conclusion might have been come to under the influence of something, but he was like, I think that Bigfoot and us started at the same spot and we evolved into technology and, 
you know, that, and they evolved into the spiritual world, and that's why they could just pop in and out. Like if something was as advanced in that way as we are in technology, then it would it would 100% seem paranormal. It would be paranormal to us, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's that's a you know kind of a theory I've I've played with a little bit. You know, there's no way to prove it, of course. But well, yeah, you, you know, you wonder if they're master wizards or something. You know, where where we chose technology. Yeah. Yeah. I think they chose the right path if that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and who knows? I you know, but yeah, I think I, I'm definitely in agreement. Whatever it is, it's something so weird that it's it's either paranormal or it's so strange that it might as well be. Hundred percent. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You've had some further experiences later on in life. Yeah. All right. Before that, I've got okay yeah. one written down that was it's from that time period, and this is the weirdest thing that I have ever physically like seen. Seen that was like a visible thing. Other than that, this is I still don't know. back in high school then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, as we all know, nearly every culture in the world has little people, mm-hmm. which the Cherokee are no different. And I live in Cherokee nation. And so I grew up with, I mean, we all grew up with the stories from the, the Cherokee little people and the old people, like the elders tell, and I'm not like super native, but I am a little bit, and I, but I grew up in a very culturally native American area. And so, you know, we grew up with these stories and there's some other Cherokee ones that are absolutely terrifying there's one that like there's one called a raven mocker that it lives inside of someone and then it like transfers at the end of the person's life it transfers from the old person to the whoever's like staying in their house with them and it's like it's you're supposed to wake up and their their head is like stretched out from their body like their neck is like stretched out and their head is over yours oh Ooh. my gosh yeah that's terrifying telling us about that on like for Cherokee national holiday in school they would like come and tell us stories and that one always freaked me out yeah that's, oh, that's a horrifying anyway, image yeah isn't it oh yeah yeah and so one time in high school and i don't know if this was a little person that i anyway i'm not going to put any names on i'll just tell you what happened because it freaked me and some other buddies out so we were down in an area it's like 
creek creaky kind of area and i think we were, we were around like a low water bridge and i don't remember exactly where we were just kind of confusing kind of frustrating to me but we were at this low water bridge and it was on a dirt road and i had ridden my motorcycle down there and my buddy and some of our other friends different guy these were just some like high school friends were in his truck and we were down there throwing fireworks off the bridge and throwing rocks and doing general kid stuff mm-hmm. who looking who looking kid <laughs> stuff and there was this gravel bar in the in between in the middle of the creek and i don't know i don't know who saw it first but somebody was like what is that and we all looked and what i saw was it freaks me out to even think about it but it was like a little stick person like sticks like no thicker than sticks, like a little stick figure person. And it was like had its legs, like it was mid step, but it wasn't moving. It was like it, we had seen it and it had stopped, but it was like, I mean, it looked as if somebody had tied some sticks together mm-hmm. and made it look like a person. And we were like, Oh, you know, what is that? Oh my gosh. And so of course, and this is, would not recommend, but we started throwing things at it, rocks at it. And then it was just gone, just right before our eyes, gone. Wow. And we all just like, and I remember I jumped on my bike, and just tore out of there. And we met in town at Sonic. And if you're from a small town, then that'll resonate with you. <laughs> and I asked him, I remember him saying this, but I asked him about it a while ago, like a few months ago. And he was like, I vaguely remember that, but I really don't remember any details from that. Like he doesn't remember basically any of it. He said he remembers something happening. But when we got back up to town, he was like, dude, the whole way out of there behind every tree, when my lights would go across them, it looked like something was like looking out from behind the tree. Oh, wow. Like, oh my gosh. So about how tall was this thing? Two feet, maybe. Mm -hmm. Two feet. And it was close. I mean, it was not very far away. It was not like, oh, what is that? Like, I remember clear as day. Because it was kind of down. We were up on this bridge. And it was not a very tall, but just an old dirt road, low water kind of bridge. And it just looked like it had stopped mid-step. Had its legs, like, crossed its arms or, like, out. And then it was just gone. That's and we all so interesting. freaked out. So it, it, it's, the limbs were, were basically stick-like, but was the head any different? Or? I really don't remember. Mm-hmm. I really don't remember a head. I don't remember if it was one stick or if it was like a shape made from sticks. I don't it's, remember. It's really interesting because one of the, the little people reports I have uh, right, right from the town I live in up here is... Uh, Guy saw it when, when he and his brother, I think he said he was eight and his brother was a little younger, I think. And uh, they he said it was it was frozen in a field. It was like, but they came right up on it. Now, this was a, a hairy thing. Oh, gosh. Oh. And, and, and he said uh, it had its eyes shut. And he said it was like a little kid when they close their eyes real tight and like, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't. can't see I don't me. see you. You can't yeah, see me. Kind yeah, of a deal. Exactly. Yeah, and he said his brother went right up on it, and he he yelled at his brother like, "Get away from that! Get away from that!" He was really freaked out, but that re- he said it was just frozen there, just you know, just like frozen in place. 
Oh, gosh. That's freaking terrifying. Yeah, it's so weird. So weird. Yeah. I had forgotten about that, and then I was, like, writing down kind of a notes about how to order things. I was like, ooh, I can't forget about that. Cause that yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting one, especially with the seeing them as, as you're driving out of the area. Or, well, the, the other guy seeing them. Like, yeah, I didn't see anything, but yeah. I was on a motorcycle, so I was ten times more wigged out than they were driving out of there because there's something about being on a bike at nighttime mm-hmm. that's especially when you're, oh, the more vulnerable yeah yeah it's like don't pay attention don't look don't mm-hmm. look don't look yeah. just go yeah even if it's not armor i still kind of like that having that little bit of metal around you with a, with a oh yeah. yeah oh yeah all right so the more recent stuff a buddy of mine and i go to kentucky to do like bourbon distillery tours and stuff fairly regularly like once a year for the past few years and this is a lot less openly weird but there's two things that were and it's not even on the same trip the first time we went on the way back we were oh we were talking and this is a guy I grew up with like we have known each other since forever like i think we went to the same like church daycare thing before kindergarten like like we were friends then and then we kind of like he went to a different school and then we were friends in middle school and then we kind of became friends again in high school and now we're still really good friends and we were coming back the first time which was a few years ago i guess it would have been 2019 we were talking and talking and talking and what had happened was we missed a turn but so we're driving back to Oklahoma from Kentucky across kind of straight west across the southern third of Missouri Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it was like welcome to Arkansas what the heck what's going on here and I had GPS on so it should have said you missed your turn or you know it like re- recalculating whatever right yeah, yeah but it's like what the heck we're not supposed to head arkansas and so we pulled over and of course like had trouble getting cell service one of us was like how like once we finally got directions it was like how far off the road did we get it was like it says it's going to take us 50 minutes to get back to the last turn which was we had accidentally gotten off at one of the interchanges but it was like there's no way that we're an hour from there we just went through there not very long ago and it was like we both felt like we had been driving for 15 minutes but I mean it took us an hour to get back so Mm -hmm. we drove an hour away from there and it was one of those things where like what just happened right and he was like i don't know it weirded him out he was like we gotta stop i gotta and he got one of the got one of the bottles out that we had bought and opened it and took a drink of it because i mean it was weird i have like this background of weird stuff happening never anything quite like that but i'm a little bit more 
like, oh, well, I tend to have the attitude that weird stuff definitely 100% can happen mm-hmm. when it does probably best not to get freaked out it's just take it for what it is yeah and so i mean i don't know how to explain it any more than that but we essentially missed our turn the gps didn't tell us anything and we went ended up way further off track than we felt like we had any recollection to remember being we made the miles like we we were we were that far away. It took us that long to get back, but wow, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, essentially missing time. We're talking about yes, mm-hmm. yes. That's about all there is to that one. It was absolutely weird. It was one of the more weird like realization sensations that I've had. Like, oh yeah, we definitely. Cause you just know you start putting pieces together in your head. And you're like, all right, how long have we been on this road? How long have we been talking? Why didn't the thing go off? Blah 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 blah. And it's like, oh yeah, there's no. There's no logical way to to make this happen. We ended up further down the road than either of us remember driving, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. A couple of trips later, this, which this would have been the last one, which was, I guess, late last year. I don't This one's going to seem weird, too. I don't even know how to explain this, but I have a theory that I think you will like, and it might or might not be for clickbait title i thought about that and i was like oh my gosh i didn't ever even, oh my gosh i never even thought about that but mm-hmm. so we went to a distillery we had reservations this is like the, f- the third time we've been there it's a really super nice kind of modern distillery you got a really really nice um, big open lobby area where they got a restaurant and so we had reservations to eat lunch and we got there and we got there a little bit early so we could look in the gift shop and blah, 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 blah. So we sit down and it was like everybody was looking at us. Like everybody, all the staff were like, you would look and somebody would be looking at you. And it's like, a, I don't even know. We talked about it for the rest of the day. Like it was such a weird experience, but I mean, they were looking at us like we had just murdered somebody in the parking lot and then strolled in and sat down. Hmm. That's the kind of like, that's, that's how we were. That's, I don't know. That's how they were looking at us and nobody said anything, but it was like the whole staff, the -hmm. whole staff. And like, we went into the gift shop afterwards and I bought a hat and he bought a mug and she didn't even wrap his mug up. Like didn't even wrap it up. Like just like put it in the bag. There you go. Right. I don't know. It was a hundred percent the most like bizarre high strangeness without anything weird, technically weird happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not a normal thing. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know whether they thought we looked like somebody. I mean, it's not like it was like a fancy place and we were dressed bad, but we were both wearing flannel shirts and that's that's what popped into my mind. I was oh, like, oh. I was thinking about that, and I was like, it was almost like we were the flannel man in oh. this scenario. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, it was. I I don't even know how to explain it. Like I said, it they were looking at us like we had murdered somebody right out in the parking lot, and then walked in and sat down. Like they were all like terrified, terrified of us. 
but nobody did anything. They had no reason to be. There was other people in there eating. It was. Did the other people, the other customers, or you know, people that weren't staff, did they seem to be reacting to you in any way, or was it just the staff? It was just the staff. Hmm. And our waitress was fine. So our waitress was fine. She treated us perfectly normal. And I think the person that sat us was normal. But everybody else, like there was a guy, they like came out of a, they had like had a meeting or something and they came out, several of them came out and you could tell like this guy is like, some of these guys are like owners or high up people, whatever. And there was a guy in a suit with them and he came out of there and he was like staring at me. And then he was like on his phone. And you know how if you see somebody on their phone and they're staring at you while they're on the phone, what are the chances that they're not talking about you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing that. He was standing over by the bar, like talking on his phone, like just freaking staring at me. And um, we were like talking about it. It was talking about it. Like while it was happening, like what is going on? I don't know. It was absolutely, I mean, it was high strangeness. That's, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I'm I'm constructing a story in my head, but of course, you know, who knows? But the, the, you know, some kind of weird flannel man sitting there some days before, and then you guys show up in flannel or something. I mean, I thought about that afterwards. I was like, it was like we were the flannel people yeah. in the story, yeah. and and we were the weird ones to everybody else. Right. Yeah. I wish I had more of an explanation for that. And I wish I could really convey the level of, of just absolute weirdness that that was. But yeah, I don't know. It's unexplainable. It's a fantastic distillery. I don't want to say its name because I made them seem like they're totally weird about people wearing flannel. But right, right. right. Fantastic distillery. Super nice people. I'm sure every you're other, not every, the, every other time I've been there. I'm sure you're not the only people that have ever been to a distillery in flannel. You know, what I mean, like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this place is like nice, but it's not any of, it's not like we showed up to flannel to some super high end party at a right, yeah, every, everybody else winery or something. Yeah. <laughs> we were there for like lunch mm-hmm. and it's not, it's like, it's not even in the city. These distilleries are in a small town. It's the, I think, I think they call it the, cutest small town or the nicest small town in the world so there's a, anybody that knows anything about kentucky distilleries that's you know what town it's in then <laughs> and they'll i mean they'll be able to know what the what distillery it is too so it was so bizarre yeah absolutely bizarre that's a strange one missing time one trip and then that the other you, have to, you going back well that see so we had a trip in between nothing weird happened mm-hmm yeah, I think we're gonna go back. It's, um, we might have lost some time on the way back the first time and had a totally bizarre experience the third time. That means this fourth time, if it's as good as the second time was, then maybe yeah. it'll it'll hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, maybe it's every other time something weird happens. Yeah, I could live with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I did a good job conveying it, but it was so bizarre. So abs like high strangeness is the only thing I can. That's the only thing that even gets close to really explaining how absolutely weird it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was like we were talking about how weird it was while we were there, and then we left. And I mean, we just like talked about it all day. Like, what the heck? 
what what happened? Mm-hmm. What was that? Well, I think you should wear flannel if you go back just as an experiment <laughs> to see. I'm, I wear flannel a lot. <laughs> I think that'll be fine. <laughs> We are going to get back to Daniel in just a moment, but I'd like to talk about 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. Allison, what do you know about 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy? I know it's a relationship-based approach to making your puppy become perfect for you. It's really about making you and your puppy perfect for each other. Oh, yeah. This isn't the kind of thing you try to change each other. You just try to grow into becoming perfect for each other. Yeah, you meet in the middle. You find out about your puppy, how your puppy thinks, which, as you know, Allison... It's not how I think. It's not how you think. Mm -mm. I'm not sure, though. We might have to put you and a puppy against each other in a quiz bowl-like situation. Yeah, to see if we think the same way. Mm -hmm. It will be scored, and there will be awards. And this will be a patron episode. (laughs) Me against a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) And if I get second place, am I the first loser? No. Aren't we all really second place to a puppy? I mean, Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if it's a cuteness contest, I'm just going to bow out gracefully because there's no chance of winning it. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you if you're having issues with your puppy. If it's things like mouthing and biting, potty training, fear and nervousness, barking, chewing on furniture or shoes or other things the puppy shouldn't be chewing on, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. They have online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. So you told me you have this other story about owls. Is this from the same time period as the, the previous stories? Yeah, so this is from the same time period as the the high school stuff. So this would have been between 2008-9 to 2012-ish. I think this was probably 2010 or 2011, sometime in there. Okay. So there was a couple of abandoned houses, and this becomes pertinent later on, but I grew up in a rural, pretty rural area, and... I mean, you know, there's not a lot to do. You go and sit at Sonic or go walk to Walmart or, you know, anybody that grew up in a kind of rural town in a small Midwestern part of the country that's like, you know, very relatable. And there was a couple of abandoned houses around that were near to my house. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my gosh, there's this is fascinating. And one of them, which was a little bit further away from my house than the first one. There was one that was close and we explored it to our content. And then we moved on to this other one that was a little further away and a little bit less convenient to get to. And we went there, the back that had French doors on the back and they had been broken. And I had a buddy that had gone there before and he said that the, the doors were broken. So we went around back and it was like completely furnished. It was as if the people had just got up and left one day. And I mean, the house, the part of the roof was falling in. It had been vacated for years, but I mean, everything was still there. 
There was spices in the cabinet. There was clothes in the closets. There were beds. There was a wedding dress. And I remember this very specifically. There was a wedding dress in the closet. There was somebody's high school diploma, like out in the living room. It was kind of junky. People had been in there and kind of messed around a little bit, but it hadn't been in a lot because it was pretty on a pretty secluded dirt road. And we had gone in there a couple of times and just kind of messed around and looked at some stuff and taken some stuff. I think I took some like old vintage playboys from there, like (laughs) just all sorts of interesting, just fascinating stuff when you're a kid. And I mean, it was just so weird because I mean, everything was there. So not, not to interrupt your story, but very similar place we came upon in the woods, completely abandoned house, still furnished, clothes in the closet, just like you're discussing, down to the newspaper open on the kitchen table and a bowl of cereal. Oh, my god! On the kitchen table. It looked like somebody just got up and left and never came back. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially how this was. The The room where they ate in the dining area, like it was kind of falling in. The floor was kind of falling in. You would fall through the floor in certain places. I mean, you yeah. had been vacated for a long time. But, like, the wedding dress in the closet, it just like burned into my memory. Why, why would you just leave? And the the house being furnished is just a, a strange part of the story, but it's, it's not necessarily, it doesn't have anything to do with the owls necessarily, but put a note in the abandoned house for later. So the owl thing, it was like a series of weird owl activities and you know i grew up in native american country every every everybody's like oh yeah owls are the messengers of death and owls are this and owls are that and so every culture's got their own kind of spin on owls but there's no culture that doesn't have owls as some sort of significance it seems that way yeah yeah i was coming up my grandparents had a long long driveway big hill i was coming up the driveway and there was something in the road, like a little, it looked like a, a small rock in the middle of the road. And I was coming up and as I got over it, it flew up. It was an owl and it flew right in front of the vehicle, right over the front of the vehicle. Like right, I could still see it from the, up from the windshield and it flew and it flew and it flew and then it landed in front of me again. And I was like, oh, man, this cannot be good. What am I supposed to do? I remember thinking, like, I don't want to go spend the night at my grandparents' house because I vaguely remember, like, if an owl is in your way blocking your path, you don't cross it. You don't – it's telling you not to go that way. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, it already flew up once. And so I kind of inched closer to it and inched closer. And I had to get right up over it. And it finally flew up and then it flew away. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to go stay with my grandparents tonight. So I'm just going to go home. And not 500 yards up the road, there was another owl in the middle of the road. And this is absolutely bizarre owl activity for around here. I don't know about everybody else's owls, but generally. And I mean, it was it was dusk. It was It was night. So it wasn't completely weird. But... They generally, I've never, I've only seen owls land on the ground during this time period. Other than that, I've only ever saw them during the daytime during this time period. But anyway, so 
I, this one, I inched up closer and closer and the same thing. I had to get right up on it and it flew and flew off. And I was like, well, you know, I guess I'll take my chances with fate. Did so it look I went like, home. Did it look like the same owl or the same kind of owl? It was the same kind, but I'm almost positive it was not the same owl because it was not very far up and I would have seen it land basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was up a ways, and it was right before the road curves. And I mean, it, it was it was within view from where the last one peeled off and went into the woods. Because I mean, this is this is woods, deep woods are on the on the right side, and the, there's a pasture on the left. But there's a little, there's trees lining the left side of the road too. It's a pretty steep hill, and so that was that night. And I mean, you know, that spooked me. That, that caught my attention. And so mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. I remember it was just like several really weird out of place occurrences with owls. And one time shortly, like in this time period, I was standing out in my yard talking to my buddy. Or just a friend had come over and we had just been hanging out and an owl flew over. Actually, I think we were out in kind of the back his yard smoking cigarettes because we were little hooligans <laughs> flew over and landed on the ground. Like, 15 feet from us like close and was just looking at us we were like oh my gosh what is going on like that's not that's just not typical owl behavior how long was this from the owls in the road it was not very long i mean it was like a it was like boom 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 it was i mean it was even at that time, I remember being like this. There's something absolutely bizarre going on. So days, all weeks, these, probably days, days, maybe weeks. But okay. but I think it was. I think it was. It all happened within a few weeks, maybe okay. a month. Okay. There was another one where I was over at my buddy's shop again, and this is kind of the same time period as all the stuff happened at his shop, and an owl came and landed on a fence post like, or, or a fence kind of the corner post where there's wood, there's wood big, like um, railroad ties for the corner post of the fence. Mm-hmm. There'll be like one in the middle and then two off to the side to give some structure to the barbed wire fence. Yeah. Yeah. One came, we were standing outside probably smoking cigarettes again. It was a big part of my life in that time. I'm glad it's not anymore. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> An owl came, and this was a bigger owl. This was a, a different breed, and I'm not really familiar with the breeds. But the first two in the road were like small, little, little. Like when they were on the ground, they it was hard to even tell what they were until they started flying, and then they landed again, and it was like, oh, I can see that now. It's an owl. But this one was a bigger one, and it landed on the fence post, and this was broad daylight, which is once again absolutely bizarre owl yeah. activity. Yeah. And it just landed there and looked at us. I mean, nothing else really came of it. And those are the only ones that I can specifically remember. But I remember telling my friend, one of my older friends about this, and he was like, oh. And the movie, The Fourth Kind, had come out a few years before this. And he was like, oh, you should watch this movie. And I watched it and a big part of that movie, which I'm sure you've seen it. Have you seen it? I've not actually. No. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely horrifically terrifying. (laughs) And maybe, so I'll try to give a basic premise without, um, 
giving away any spoilers. It's about alien abductions. And it's like kind of set like it's a real, real movie. The movie portrays itself as if it's real events and if they're interviewing real people and all of these people. And it's like this, I guess it would, I guess it's, and I haven't seen it in a while. So I'm just kind of generalizing, but I think they're doing regression hypnosis and all these people are remembering they're like, they're seeing an owl like standing, like sitting above their bed or something. And that's like the, the enti- that's how the entity portrays itself to them. Oh, uh, okay. And man, I watched that right. Which, in the, which right. is a thing in UFO lore outside yeah. of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it freaked me out. And so I was all wigged out about owls for a while. There was more owl things, but it was, those are the ones that I can specifically remember. It was like, five to 10 really bizarre owl things. And then later on, we had gone back into that abandoned house and it was like, I'm pretty sure this was the last time. Actually, I'm positive. This was the last time I went in there and it was just me and one friend had gone back there just to, I don't know, we were bored and we went back and we always went in and out through the same door. It was that back French doors cause they were broken. And there was like this room where you came in and out of, and we were standing in that room and I was talking to him and there was kind of some, there was magazines. That's where the, that's where the vintage playboys came from. And so we were probably standing there looking at vintage nudie mags and among other, among other things that were in there. I think there were some records in there. Actually, I know there were some records in there. I definitely got a temptations, greatest hits from there that I still have, (laughs) but we're standing there and above the door, the door that we had always gone in and out of was a little wooden wind chime. That was an owl. We had first gone into this house. It was all like very, very close time together, timed to the whole owl stuff and the whole, it was like a whole owl saga in my life. And then I was in this abandoned house. that was a very, that the house had a, I mean, you know, you don't go into an abandoned house that's full of full of everything that the people left, and it doesn't have a weird energy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's always odd, if not creepy. Yeah. And the house was creepy. It was 100% creepy. It was, like, not, like, overtly, like, nothing ever happened in there. But, yeah, I mean, a wedding dress. Come yeah, on. It's, yeah, it's like you're walking through terrible. someone's memory or something. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird. Yeah, it was yeah. like... It, it, because, I mean, you know, you immediately start wondering what happened to these people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why what did happened? they just because, leave everything and go? Yeah. Because that just doesn't come out of nowhere. You don't just leave everything in your house and disappear for like no good. There's no good reason for that. So anyway, there was the owl wind chime was hanging and it was not even, I mean, that's the thing. It was above these doors. It was hanging above the doors. It was not in like, it was not in a useful place. It was like up in the corner above the doors. Oh man, that freaked me out. It still freaks me out when I think about it now. I don't know if that was really the end of the owl thing. The owl thing was just like a really short, concentrated happening. I just remember hearing this at the time, but it was some Native American culture. And I don't know if it was Cherokee or not, but that's that's the one that is most prominent here was if an owl 
lands near you and it calls out your name, then you're going to die. And I remember, I remember knowing that at the time, whenever the one landed super close to us on the ground in my yard and being like, Oh, please do not say anything. Don't right. say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Needless wow. to say it didn't. Daniel, thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you. We are magnets for these books. This book has a sticker in it from its previous owner. This is, once again, where we have the Hex book, the story of the Raymire murder, the so-called Hex murder from York. This is the trade paperback edition published by the York News Agency. So it's kind of like the local edition. There was a hardcover and then a mass market paperback that were uh, kind of like the national editions. And they were published by one of the big publishers, I think Simon & Schuster, I'm not sure one of them. But this is the local edition. It's published here in York. The book is called Hex, a Spellbinding Account of Witchcraft and Murder in Pennsylvania by Arthur H. Lewis. These fetch a pretty penny on eBay. We'll put this up in our Etsy shop. Covers a lot of stuff we talk about on the show, like powwow, like the Raymire murder, and so forth. And you can read all about it. The book's out of print. To me, it's one of the better retellings of the story. It's sort of an outsider's perspective, but he's very fair. Mm -hmm. uh, You don't get a lot of this sort of dumb Dutchman stuff like was going around in the newspapers at the time. I just saw in the back, he wrote a book about, you probably know her from famous postcards that we had at one time, but he wrote um, a book about La Bella Terra. Need more information, Allison. My memory's not that good. Oh, she's just a famous actress slash personality, you know, like the influencer of the turn of the century. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't really have a lot of talent, but is cute. (laughs) (laughs) Turn of the century influencers. Yeah. Instead of Instagram and TikTok, they had postcards. Yeah, they just had postcards. Postcards. (laughs) Morning and evening delivery, though, so. That's true. That's true. We will have an image of the Hex book in the show notes for this episode. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase that and other curiosities of the week. Antique photographs, original art by me prints by me, some of my books signed, and much, much more, including Strange Familiars t-shirts. I have to say the classic Awoken Tree shirt, sales have picked up on that since we did the High Strangeness Tour shirt, which is cool. Some people are getting both, which I recommend, honestly. You should probably shut up. Didn't Sage print both of those for us? He did. Yeah, they're both really nice quality t-shirts. I want to thank everybody who's gotten one of the High Strangeness Tour shirts. The zipper hoodies are sold out. The shirts are dwindling. I'm not sure what sizes we have left, but they seem to be very popular and they're selling quickly. So if you want one, run to your computer. Don't walk, but run carefully. Don't trip over. People have phones in their pockets now, Tim. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Run to your pocket and pull out your phone and hop on Etsy and order one before they're gone forever. Our shop name is Lost Grave, one word, but... If you go to Etsy and you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. You can click on that. That'll take you to our shop where you can buy all of our wonderful goods. And of course, if you purchase something from our Etsy shop, you are helping the show. It helps us continue and helps us make more content, as does becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Strange Familiars. You can become a patron. You can get extra content. Our patrons get two full episodes of Strange Familiars every month. 
patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We already released the first of two patron episodes for this month. It was our review of the Changeling film, You Are Not My Mother. And what did you name that episode? Cha, 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 changeling. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> yes, Alice, you got your way. And people are celebrating it. Tell me, it was such a cool title. You win again, Allison. I think it's a win for Bowie, really. <laughs> I didn't know. I spelled it C-H-C-H. I didn't know if it was C-H-A. I didn't, I didn't even bother to look up and see how Bowie did it. We can take some liberty with that. I don't think he was actually talking about changelings, although he was, you know, he he had a, a whole flirtation with Aleister Crowley. And, and he was the Goblin King after and all. And he was the Goblin King, so... I know. mean, he really did attempt to steal a baby and make a changeling out of it, I presume. Why couldn't I have just watched Labyrinth? <laughs> I guess we could watch Labyrinth as one of our movies one time, but I, I like exposing you to things that you haven't seen before. Yeah, that's true. And getting your your take on it. But uh, yeah, if you didn't hear that, spoiler alert, we both really like that movie. And we'll be doing those. And I think the other patron episode is going to be my really scary segment from Hex Hollow that I talked a little bit about last week. I went back and edited the audio and there's there's even more to it that that just kind of adds to the the creepiness. It's, It's weird. So I think that will be at least part of the second patron show for the month. And we recorded last night a very interesting interview, one you've wanted to do for a long time, not with the changeling, but with a foundling. A real one. Yeah. That'll be coming in the upcoming weeks as well, along with much more. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We are on Instagram at strangefamiliars, one word, And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
I have a golden cage at home that I would give. I would give to me. I won't come down you falsely, sit upon your knee. But you have slain your own true love. I'm sure you would slay me. I'm sure you would slay me. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.